Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, check out thrivechurch.co.nz. Well, be prepared. I have been engaging my brain occasionally. Uh, Still learning to do that though, but good to be here. I'm up on the stage. Thank you for putting that up here. I thought I'd see everyone better, but the lights are just brighter up here. So anyway, it's all good. Just uh, just keep the encouragement flowing this morning, just so I know that you're still uh, out there. Great to, yeah. Oh, whoa. It's all true. I tell you. Man, it's so true, so true. Uh, last night um, we were at, uh, well, yesterday we were celebrating Joseph Clifford and uh, I was going to say Nat, but her sister actually, Jess. Uh, their wedding, yes, it was awesome and um, so exciting that Joseph got married. He is now obviously fellowshipping down at Gateway and we're just so proud of those guys and I've known Joseph for 15 odd years and um, obviously mentored him and it's just so cool. So I want to make a little disclaimer though because um, last night on the, on the table actually there were these bottles that we could take away and I just thought that, that you could just drink this and that's all good. So I was really thirsty. I got home and, and at about midnight, I just drank a whole bottle. And Debbie was like, did you know that that was concentrate? <laughs> so I, I drank a whole concentrate. I don't know how many you're meant to make from one of those wee suckers, but I didn't sleep last night. <laughs> I seriously didn't sleep last night. I was still chuckling uh, about Matt Kennedy's best man speech at 3 a.m. in the morning. And also really angry that I couldn't sleep at the same time. But anyway, uh, it's all good. So if I say things a little bit inside out today, it's just blame the the cordial concentrate like supercharged sugar that I had (laughs) at midnight. So um, just also, I just want to honor the the four amazing young adult preachers that we had uh, speaking here over the month of January. You all have done so well. And um, I had someone today come up to me and say, when is the podcast for last week going up? Because it was awesome. So go you good things. That is really, really awesome. Um, Just something I just would like to pray for uh, together before I just get into the word this morning is I would just love to pray for um, families who are facing uh, operations, who have had injuries and um, just that general kind of scene. You know, uh, Katie Husband's had a, a, a an operation recently, I found out today that someone else is having, having one tomorrow, and obviously Lynn is a little bit of a cripple at the moment as well, so we're just like wanting to, <laughs> only in the leg sense, um, so I just think it'd be really cool just to stand together though, just believing that, um, you know, that God has got our back, He's got our health, He's got our, our whole body, so let's, if you can stand, Lynn, you don't have to, um, <laughs> Let's just pray over these people and, and just declare together that God, that heaven's finest would be over our year and over our health, over our families today, over our region. Yeah, Jesus, we just, we thank you that your death was not in vain uh, for our families, uh, for our life, for, for our health, God. And right now, God, we just, we just step into the fullness of that authority this morning and we declare wellness and health, God, over our, over our bodies, God, over our families, over those who 
who are not here today, God, we just declare your peace and your healing over everyone's body, God. Lord, the bodies that would not wear out or get sick or anything like that, we thank you for supernatural immunity this morning, God. We just put the stake in the ground and say we are, we're a children who believe in the God of healing. And we step into the fullness of that in Jesus' name today, God. Yeah, we just, we do, we lift, lift you up as our healer today, our healer in Jesus' name. We just pray for that person who's getting their op tomorrow as well, that it would go well and speedy and there'd be a great fast recovery. And we just speak speedy recovery over that leg and foot this morning and also over Katie's body as well in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, so... Very cool. I mean, there's some really cool uh, things going on at Thrive. Eh? You see those notices and, and that whole like discovery course. We're really excited about that. And also uh, coming up this Wednesday night, we really want to uh, extend a really warm invitation and welcome to uh, the, the, the Leaders in Power Night, the VIP Night, Vision and People. We want to welcome you all along because Deb and I just want to really unload uh, actually what we believe God is, um, is speaking to us as a church uh, at this time. We believe that He's got a dream for us to take a hold of in our lives. And, and, and you know that, that that dream can be uh, for individuals, it can be for families, and, and then there's another dream going on for us corporately as well. And so this year, we really want to honor where you are at in the stage of pursuing your dreams and, and, um, and empower you with tools. And we're calling this year the Dream Summit. And specifically because the summit, like, it takes a bit of effort to get to the top to summit a mountain, as uh, some of you climbers know and hunters know. Uh, and so unless you've got a lift uh, pass at, um, at uh, Mount Hutt, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a bit of work. <laughs> and even then, there's a cost to get up the lift, you know. And so we're going to be talking about some of those practical things this year to see uh, you achieve your dreams. And also, we believe that God is uh, wanting us to achieve some great dreams together as a church as well. So I've just got this short video uh, to kick off with today. So sit back and enjoy this one. I'm malicious, mean and scary. My sneer could curdle dairy. And violence-wise, my hands are not the cleanest. But despite my evil look and my temper and my hook, I've always yearned to be a concert pianist. Can't you see me on the stage performing Mozart? Tickling the ivories till they gleam. Yes, I'd rather be called deadly for my killer show too madly. Thank you, cause way down deep inside I've got a dream. He's got a dream, he's got a dream. See, I ain't as cruel and vicious as I seem. Though I do like breaking femurs, you can kill. Like everybody else, I've got a dream. I've got scars and lumps and bruises, plus something here that oozes. And let's not even mention my complexion. But despite my extra toes and my goiter and my nose, I really want to make a love connection. Can't you see me with the special little lady? Rowing in a rowboat down the stream. Though I'm one disgusting blighter, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Cause way down deep inside, I've got a dream. I've got a dream. I've got a dream. And I know one day romance will 
reign supreme. Though my face leaves people screaming, there's a child behind it dreaming. Like everybody else, I've got a dream. Oh, I'd like to quit and be a florist. Gunter does interior design. Ulf is into mine. Attila's cupcakes are sublime. Bruiser knits, killer shows, and his little puppet shows. And Vladimir collects ceramic unicorns. What about you? I'm sorry, me? What's your dream? No, no, no. Sorry, boys. I don't sing. I have dreams like you, no really, just much less touchy-feely. They mainly happen somewhere warm and sunny. On an island that I own, tanned and rested and alone. Surrounded by enormous piles of money. I've got a dream. She's got a dream. I've got a dream. She's got a dream. Like all you lovely folks, I've got a dream. She's got a dream. He's got a dream. He's got a dream. He's got a dream. So our differences agree with that extreme. We're Call us brutal. Sadistic. And grotesquely optimistic. Cause way down deep inside, we've got a dream. I've got a dream. I've got a dream. I've got a dream. I don't know about you, but that never gets old for me. I just, I'm all about Tangled. Um, <laughs> such a cool story as well. Karen Rennie was actually reminding me uh, of the story uh, that, you know, she had, um, she had left her tower uh, and the mum wanted to keep her imprisoned in that place. Yet there was something inside of her that was calling her out to pursue a dream. And so every one of us have some kind of dream, whether it uh, seems unlikely, improbable, or whether it's just something that you wonder one day could happen in your life. And, and so this year, we want to talk about, as I was saying, what you can do to get into that process of, uh, of seeing uh, our dreams realized. Um, late September uh, last year, I had a dream during the night, and I'm not going to sing about it uh, today. Um, uh, Thank you. I had a dream. Okay, you got me. Um, but I, I woke up with this conviction that this was not just a pizza dream. This was a um, this was a God dream, and it was about a couple in their kind of I don't know early mid fifties. Uh, and so I actually messaged him on Facebook, and I and I have his permission to share this little conversation we had. And I said, "Hey, mate, I had a dream about you and Susan last night. Kept thinking about it over the day. So here it is. You and Susan came to me and told me that you were having another baby. Lol." Uh, you were a bit surprised, but both excited as well. That's it. My thoughts were that birthing new things is not over for you guys. You have youthful spirits and that God wants to birth new things uh, through you. Also because of the way you steward and nurture whatever is in your hands. And then I said, go the Daniels. Hope things are going well for you guys because I hadn't seen them for ages. Glenn, smile, emotion thing. Um, and then I, and then he said back, "Hi, Glenn. Wow. Firstly, my guess is it took some guts to share something like this um, because Susan is most definitely not pregnant. No surprises there. However, if you knew what we've been looking at over the last two hours, it might make more sense. 
We've been discussing, discussing a, a potential big change in our lives tonight and in many ways quite scary. Can I humbly ask that you go back to God and ask him uh, for a clearer picture or interpretation like a fleece? And, and I did go back and pray and, and, um, and then I called him and we ha- went out for coffee and we had this conversation because it was incredible timing um, that I sent him this dream. As, as you can see that two hours before I uh, sent it, they had had some kind of like God thing, um, and they were looking at something new. And, and it was uh, when I was talking with him, uh, he took me back to 20 years ago when, uh, as a couple, they had this dream about owning a large property in the country and it, that it had B&B facilities, and it was a place where they could um, host people and they could minister to them and just kind of reveal the heart and love of God to people. They're really spirit-led people, this couple. Um, but that um, just laid that down. And then he went on to say that, um, that at this time, 20 years ago, that when they prayed about this dream that they had, that they had the most incredible God encounter that they've ever had. And he said, I've never had such a God encounter since as we laid this dream down to God. And, and he, he said it was just amazing. And so um, what, what had happened that day is that um, Susan was surfing on the internet and uh, just looking at on Trade Me actually, and this property had um, uh, opened up. And, and um, they, she started looking at and, and imagining, again, could this dream be realized again and had called him over and they were talking about it. Then I, I sent this um, this uh, message through to them. And so the next slide, I just want to show you actually the property that they've actually purchased and they're moving into next Friday. Um, and so it's a beautiful property. It's a real face step for them. But they believe that God God's assignment is on their lives in this step they're, they're taking. And it's a God step. You know, they're not going overseas to be missionaries and doing something that we would frame as being super spiritual, but because their life is surrendered to Christ Jesus, uh, it, they believe that God is in their boat with them when they do this. They're not making this decision apart from God. They believe that this is a spiritual thing. And do you know in the Old Testament of the Bible, there's actually no word for, um, for spiritual because they believe, they believe that everything, Every part of their life is spiritual. Every part, every, every, the Jewish culture was like, God is with us no matter what we are doing. And so today, I just want to talk a little bit about surrendering our dreams to the greatest dreamer that there is and that there ever will be, and that is Christ Jesus. He has got an incredible dream for this planet, for our lives. And, and, and every dream that we have is actually connected to a bigger dream that He has for us. And in Hebrews 11 uh, verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the reality or the certainty of things unseen. So there's this there's, there's sense, there's the there's, there's substance and this reality that we don't see that God has got in heavenly places for us to actually bring to birth in the natural, to bring to birth in our world. And he's saying, hey, your faith can birth your dreams. If you partner your faith with mine, if you partner your dreams with mine, then something that you didn't have is going to happen. Uh, because you believed in me. 
And so let's just pray this morning because I believe God wants to just uh, just birth dreams in us and also just bring clarity today about what your dreams are about and what your purpose is for. So, Father, we just want to open our hearts today for you to speak to us uh, uh, through your word, through the spoken word today. And we just are believing in and, and we want to partner with your dream, Lord, that none should perish, Lord, but that everyone would come into the full revelation of Jesus Christ, that families families and schools and and regions would be liberated from bondage and brought into the the kingdom of the Son whom you love. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, the Father's kingdom is a kingdom of grace and truth, and we've just got an assignment on our lives as believers and as followers to see people brought near to His love. And each one of us has some kind of assignment to, to be a part of that great dream that He has. And so I just want to read from Luke 2 uh, today, and, and we're just going to read a good chunk of Scripture here, but I love this story, and it's going to be a bit of a launch pad for my message today. So uh, from verse 8, it says, There were shepherds living in, out in the fields nearby. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they'd been told about this child. Now there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon who was righteous and devout, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts. Simeon took him, Jesus, in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. There was also a prophet, uh, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. She was a widow until uh, she was 84, and she never left the temple, but worshipped day and night, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking towards the redemption of Jerusalem. In Scripture, Bible reading for today. But this is an incredible, beautiful snapshot of Jesus's entrance into the world. And I love it because in this passage of Scripture, you see all the connections of people that have been set up on this on this kind of like this movie set, if you like, that God has orchestrated for every single one to have a significant voice and place into the revelation of who Jesus Christ is and who is this, and as his assignment is on this planet. We see that people are strategically placed. They 
They're placed with a dream to see something. They're placed with a child within them. They, they're in the right place to see angels, and they have this appointment from God the Father, and every one of them is carrying a significant dream in their hearts, and, and right from the angels, and they're, they're there, they're delivering the exciting message. They believe in God's dream. The shepherds, they receive this uh, news of the birth of a Savior, and it's, the, the, it's been announced to them by angels, and, and it's, it's go, the angels are saying, go find Jesus and take your place in this story. And they wanted to be a part of God's dream. They believed in God's dream. Then you've got Mary, who spent nine months carrying Jesus as a baby, and she had just given birth. And the, and the Scripture goes on to say that she uh, treasured all that she was uh, all that she'd been told in her heart. She carried Jesus and she also carried a dream about who Jesus was going to become. And she believed in that dream. And then you have Simeon there who had been uh, shown prophetically years before by the Holy Spirit. It says the Holy Spirit was on him. The Holy Spirit led him. He was a man of the Holy Spirit. And he was shown the, 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 of the coming Messiah. And I don't know how long ago he'd been shown this, but uh, the Scripture says pretty much that he's an old man, but he never let that promise go. He never let that revelation go. He never let that dream go. And he goes on to say, you know, once he's seen Jesus, he's like, that's enough. It's enough for me. I've seen Jesus. You may now dismiss your servant in peace. You know, that was what he was living for. He was living to see Jesus Christ on this planet. And, and so he, he, he believed that he was going to catch a glimpse of the Redeemer as a baby. And you know, it says in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that He would send His only Son so that anyone who believes in Him should not die but have everlasting life. And Simeon believed that before it was written. He knew something. He was connected to the dream of the Father through the Holy Spirit. Something that was greater in the Spirit became more alive to him than what it even was in the natural. He wasn't living by what he saw with his eyes. He was living by what he saw in his heart because of this great connection that he had with the Holy Spirit. And then you've got Anna at the age of 84, and she's part of this amazing set that God has, has had built and, and had brought together for this time. And it says that she never left church. Like, imagine Aiden, just you lived here, man. You lived and you didn't have a shower here. I don't know if they had running water, but she never left the place. She made coffees out there. She didn't eat much because it said she fasted and she prayed. She was at the altar every day. And she was someone who was strategically put there for the ushering in of the Messiah. She had an, a divine appointment. She had seen something once again in her spirit that she was living for. She had taken a hold of something in faith and said, I want to carry this and I want to birth this thing in the natural. And so it's awesome that there's this collection of people that all have dreams, yet they're all part of something so much bigger. It's awesome, eh? The actor, you know, when you watch a movie, you'll, you'll, everyone, you know, everyone's got their place, and actors, they've got their place in the movie, and, and the actors, uh, you know, he's focusing on his part in the movie, and, and he, he will adopt 
the nature of the character that, uh, that the script talks about. And maybe he's got to change his style up, grow a beard, have a ponytail, I don't know, play a guitar or learn a little bit of something so that he can look like what he's meant to look like in the script. He is focused on his role in the script. However, the director, this guy, he is he's the kingpin and he sets the scene for the actors and for all the other things. You know, the director, they're responsible for bringing the story together. And they get to use CGI. They get to use different locations. They get to use, uh, you know, uh, environments and, and, and occasionally actors sometimes. And they, uh, but the, the role of the director is to invite people in to the story, to invite people in to, to what, what, is, what am I trying to say? What am I trying to communicate to my audience? And you know in a good movie, eh? Uh, I was watching Bridge of Spies, which is an incredible movie uh, to watch uh, with Tom Hanks, and and I was undone in that movie at the end, eh? Like I was crying, and I don't, I don't care if you're around me, but I was like watching this movie, and I was watching this on the plane back from Cambodia, if I didn't say that, um, and I was watching it through severe turbulence, <laughs> and every ten minutes was like fasten your seatbelts and. And hang tight. And I was just, you know, whoa. <laughs> but I was so engaged in this movie that I didn't, it, the, the turbulence wasn't actually bothering me because the director had done such an incredible job pulling me in to the story. It's a true story as well. And, and I was engaged with that story. And you know what it's like when you watch a good movie. Yeah, you can forget about your day, your argument, whatever's going on. And you can be sitting there laughing and crying. And just because you are enmeshed in someone else's story. And uh, my family, the girls in my family, they've been watching Anne of Green Gables recently. And so there's been plenty of tears uh, happening. And, and, and I, I like last year, a movie really took me by surprise was uh, Beauty and the Beast. I, I watched, for some reason, in the ballroom scene, I just had this really big crying moment because I was like, I was hook, line, and sinker into that movie because I, the story and Anne of Green, I didn't cry in that, did I? I did? Oh. Dang, that's public now on podcast. <laughs> Sam will edit that out, all right? Because I'm a man's man, too. <laughs> I colour in. And <laughs> yeah, reckless. Uh, <laughs> today, let's bring that back in. You know, you are, you are, you're playing your part in the story of your life, and that is great. Like each one of those, Simeon played an amazing part, and Anna, she played, Mary was playing a part, but I want, you guys are playing a part. I want to call you out of just your acting role into the perspective of the director's chair today. I want to call you out to, so that you, you can start to see that you are part of a much bigger plan, that the dreams that you have for your future are not just for you or for yourself or just for your family. Family, but they are for others. They are because they're there because God has got a plan of redemption and of love and of grace and of truth that He desires to see flow through your life. You know, your life is to be like a river. You know, Jesus said, I'm gonna have streams of living water, and it's gonna it flows from me, it flows through you, it flows to you and from your life. And so we are a part of a much bigger motion picture or picture that is in motion that God is set up because He has got a plan of redemption. 
He doesn't, he doesn't want you to just pass through life, as you've heard me say before, but He wants you to engage with this plan. In Ephesians 4, in the Living Bible, it says, Christ, who is the head of His body, the church, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Everyone say, full of love. Full of love, you know. He he wants us to. He he just he puts us all together, not just so that we can be healthy or just growing or just like achieve stuff, but it's so that we can be full of love. He wants us to bless each other, to do life together, and to see that we are so important to one another. Because dreams won't happen if we don't. Other people's dreams won't happen if we don't start engaging ourselves with other people's desires, other people's hopes, other people's dead ends and calling them out, calling them up, saying, you can do it. I want to be a part of activating your story into the greatest love story that's ever been told. And so, you know, until we start looking beyond ourselves to Christ and to others, we will never have a part to play in His story. That's what the Scripture says essentially, doesn't it? That we need to look to Him as the head, that we need to look to others to how do we how do we connect? How do we, build, how do we hope? How do we steward love? How do we steward a, an environment that honors one another? We need to be looking to Christ and to be looking to others. And I just want to extract a couple of nuggets from the Scripture just to bring this uh, into land today. And, and the first one, as the obvious, is that Christ is the head of the body. He is the head of your dreams. He is the visionary for your life. And He invites you in to, to, to His headship and to share that with Him. But if He's not the head, then you're going to miss out on connecting with the producer of your dreams. And so I want to encourage you today to keep your eyes fixed on the author and the perfecter of your faith. It says in Isaiah 40 that those who wait on the Lord, they will renew their strength. You know, it says they'll mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not grow faint because they were waiting on God. They were waiting on Christ. They were looking to Christ for their strength. They weren't just looking for a holiday in the Bahamas uh, or to Kaiteri Terry. They were waiting on Christ. They were looking to Him to renew their life. Only He gives us the grace, the faith, the strength to carry the pain of the undelivered dreams that we have in our hearts. And He is the only one that's going to keep us sweet and persevering in the process of that pain. And so I want to encourage you to be someone who waits on His perfect timing over your life, not just walking away from those dreams, stewarding the hope like Simeon stewarded it and waited and believed and wouldn't let it go and continued to be a man led by the Spirit. In fact, on that day, it says the Spirit led him to the temple. He was led. He stayed sweet because he stayed focused on Christ. And the next thing I want to say in this is that Christ, He makes the whole body fit together. We need to be looking to Christ to see how you connect with others because Christ wants to lead you in your connections to others. Everyone's dreams are given to us to empower and bless others along the way. And you know, as much as I love an incredible church service, the body of Christ is, uh, is, is 
there. The dream of Jesus is there for us. Uh, and, and it's so much bigger. It's so much broader. It's so much more powerful and diverse and significant than just Sunday morning church. You know, it, it's, he's, he's everywhere. It says in Psalm 33, it blew me away. I just saw it again. And it says the whole earth is filled with his love. I'm like, his love is waiting for us to, you know, he's waiting. He's waiting to walk, for you to walk into his love in the classroom and, and have a connection with someone. He's waiting. His love is everywhere. And he's waiting for us to activate it, to release it, to give it. It's like there's no dark corner in your life that God's love isn't waiting to redeem. Come on, that is a good word. In Cambodia, um, I was there about three weeks ago, and um, I, I saw how our generosity as a church um, and Chris and Ruth, you know, vision uh, 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 to get to Cambodia and, and Lynn, I think, was in there from the get-go. And I, I got there for the first time uh, three, four weeks ago, and, and I got to see how our dream to connect with them had become such an incredible blessing and, and the life that was happening over there was just, it was happening because other people, not just us, were connecting with their dream to see Cambodia or at least one person or a village to be touched and redeemed through the gospel of Jesus Christ and the grace of Jesus Christ and the love of Jesus Christ and the financial blessing of Jesus Christ. And I went there and I was like, this is incredible. We have actually done something significant as we partnered with them. And I went out to Udong Village where Kevin and Lekina Knight are. And, and it was amazing to walk in there and see the school that was thriving. And there were like three classrooms happening when I was there. And then there was another night school with computers all in this space. And there was, there was about 70 kids in there. And, and it, the amazing thing is that it's not just from this village. Because this is a village that had been evicted from Phnom Penh eight years ago. And they, they started with nothing, and they're building this community. That is, is, there's plans for this community, but there's other communities around Udong Village uh, for Manor for Life, and they are coming to the school. Other people in the surrounding areas have been blessed because these guys came here, and now they say that they are happy to be there. They're not grateful for how it all happened, but God has done a great work uh, there, and it's so exciting. I went out and saw the, the piece of land that, that Thrive contributed towards buying, and um, the school's going so well that they're looking at putting the, um, the, the not, not a farm there now because they want more land. They're actually looking at relocating the school so they can make a bigger school on the land, and I'm like, that is so much more awesome. <laughs> I'm like... The, the farm was a great vision, but I love to see children come into a, an, an environment of education and love. And I went into, I, they have a devotion every morning, the, this, uh, the, the teachers, and I was able to be in there and just share time with them as they prayed and, and uh, read the word together and just uh, expected God to do great things with these children at the day. And and I got to spend time with Narot and Tita and... Um, and they, uh, uh, they head up Stars of Peace, and they're, they're just in this um, slum area, and their heart is for preschool children. And this slum sits over raw sewerage, and they've created this little haven kind of like 100 meters up the road with the classroom, and they just want to bless and love and be such a, an encouragement to this village. And, and uh, they're going to become a prototype for what they're doing for other people as well. So we've been right in there helping and supporting them. And when I was there, there was a wee baby that had 
been born, and its mum had just left, gone. And she was being looked after mostly by her six-year-old sister and her grandmother, um, but mostly by the sister. But this baby had not enough food. They didn't have money. And I was able to give $50, just right then, 50 bucks to give formula for a month to this child, and I just got emailed last week uh, about from the right, and uh, the baby's got a new home to go into, and parents that are going to love and care for it, so it's just really cool to get involved in someone else's story, and um, be a part of it, and be connected to someone else's dream, and seeing how we can actually be a resource into others' lives, from me going over to Cambodia, I had an absolute blast connecting with the people over there. Because God's got a plan. He wants, to, he wants injustice to be crushed and the justice of heaven to be realized and released on our planet. Not just in Cambodia, but yes, in Cambodia, but right now in our nation, uh, in our high schools, in our families. Up, you know, there's, there's poverty in this, um, in this area. And I was really touched, actually, the day before, the day I was leaving, we went to the new playground uh, in Christchurch, and it was awesome. And this little boy came up to me, and um, I had Josiah with me, and we were bouncing on the trampoline. He's like, can I jump on the trampoline with me? And he was absolutely filthy. He was really, and then he was just trying to climb on me, and he was just like, I want to, you know, hang out with you. And then, like, then I hear this, and I looked over there and there's mother and I was like whoa scary unit and I could see but I could see the poverty cycle right there and I was just like man God just sort of said to me you know there's there's poverty in our nation there's hurt in our nation there's people that need help in our nation and so God wants to redeem those people and bring grace and truth through through uh, his followers So Christ is number one, and when Christ is number one, justice and honor flow through our lives, and the dreams of others can be realized when we say yes to Christ being number one. Um, I love uh, this passage when Simeon looked uh, to baby Jesus in Mary's arms and said, my eyes have seen your salvation. He was saying, I see who you are. I see your life. I know your story. I see what's ahead for you. I've been waiting for this moment to confirm your identity. Isn't that incredible that Jesus Christ, you know, this guy was assigned to actually confirm who Jesus Christ was. And Simeon was engaged and he said, I confirm you. I say to you that you are Christ Jesus. And I know that God is calling us as a people to be a people who confirm the identity of the lost and of the hopeless, uh, of those with orphan spirits and those who are discouraged. So that we can say to them, my eyes have seen your salvation. My eyes have seen Christ in you being your hope of glory. My eyes have seen that. And we call them out. We start saying, you know, you can come and be a part of this incredible, uh, this incredible story that God has set up for you because my eyes have seen your salvation. And, mate, isn't it exciting that we get to be a part of God's plan to bring freedom and liberation to our planet? Who's in? Let's just stand this morning. If we can just have the band up. Today, uh, you might be here and you don't know Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I just want to make it clear to you that everything, everything that, it, that, that God has in store for your life flows from your connection to Christ Jesus. The Bible says that He's the gateway. 
that he's the head. And he desires everyone on this planet to come into relationship with him. And I want to give an opportunity today for you to respond to Christ Jesus. He is the most incredible friend that you could ever have. He wants, to, he wants you to feel saved. He wants you to feel whole. He wants you to know love. He wants not just to, to be a word. He wants you to experience what grace looks like. And you might go, you don't know my story. And I want to say to you that nothing scares Jesus. Nothing can scare him away. And his grace is so ready to be activated in your life. And if you're here today, I want to invite you in this moment to receive him as the greatest lover of your life. Can I just pray for you? If, just, if that's you here this morning, just put your hand on your heart. And maybe you want to come back to Christ today and say, yeah, Jesus, I just want to, once again, I want to acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. If that's you today, just put your hand on your heart. Lord Jesus, I just thank you right now that you are the gateway, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that you are our Redeemer and you are our Savior. And we just right now, we receive you. We receive your amazing grace. We receive your amazing heart. We receive the Father's love for our life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and you're like, I, want, I just want to confirm again that I'm in with God's dream. Or maybe you've been listening to this and you're like, I, I want to surrender my dreams to Him and say, my dreams can be your dreams. If that's you here today, I just want you to lift your hand now and just surrender your life to Him, your year, your 2016 to Him and say, it's all yours. You know, uh, Paul said, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. And if you want to lay your life down and surrender who you are to Christ, again, your dreams to Him today, then I just want to invite you into that. And I just want to pray for you. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that the sons and daughters of God are those who are led by your Spirit, it says in Romans 8. And we just thank you for your leadership today as we surrender our dreams to you, as we surrender our goals to you, as we just recognize again that we are not the center of the universe, but you, Jesus Christ, are our center. And I just pray, Father, that we would be a church and a people who are known for their love for one another, for the grace towards each other, but also the, a, a people who would go, who would go and say, I've seen your salvation. I have seen something about your life. I've seen what, it look, what you look like in God's eyes. Let us be known as people who go. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz.